Episode 289, The Reading Roller Coaster. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Well, hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here of Always a Lesson, host of the Empowering Educators podcast. I cannot wait to talk to you about how to continue to advocate for what is best for kids, even with seemingly unsurmountable obstacles. And that's what it's felt like lately in the classroom. So if you're a teacher in distress or transition, this episode is for you. If you're on easy street, just tuck this in the back of your mind because your day might come soon too. I'll share a story, a lesson, some practical tips to help you put it into action. I hope you've enjoyed your spring break. It has been so nice to unplug, rewind, get back to the basics, and just pause for a minute. It's interesting over the last few months that each school has a different spring break and it gets really difficult for my job because I collaborate with folks all across the nation. And so to get everyone together at one time has been really hard. So I'm looking forward to us all be back on the same schedule, but spring break is so needed, not just for the kids, but for us too. So the rationale for today's episode has to do with the recent struggle with my daughter who is in kindergarten and me learning how to advocate as her mom, but also as an educator for all the kids in that classroom and all the future kids that are going to come into the classroom. It has been a wild emotional ride. And so I thought I would share all that's transpired in hopes It provides hope and inspiration for you and your situation. I really had to wait a while to share this one because it was still playing out and I was sucked into the vortex of this wild ride. So I needed for the solution to come and then for time for me to kind of reflect before I could share with you. So a quick warning to this story is my daughter literally still has no idea that anything was quote unquote wrong. And I was intentional about fighting this battle in silence and making sure that she had an excellent experience, even though I was very unhappy and worried and frustrated, I didn't want her to pick up on that. And because she has no other kindergarten experience to compare it to, she doesn't know, <laughs> but me, who's worked with many kindergarten teachers, and I'm like, holy heck, what's going on? So let's back up. In kindergarten, at least here in North Carolina, you do not have to come into kindergarten knowing how to read. So she did go to pre-K and preschool, learned her letters, learned the sounds, but hadn't put it all together yet. So she had some sort of background knowledge. And they use a program called iReady. I don't know if you guys use that, but 
that is how they're getting their data. And so as she's learning to read, these reports are coming home and they are all over the place. <laughs> I am like, how is this happening? She scored above like first grade level and being able to tell the sounds of, that's in a word. But when it came to then blending it and saying the word aloud, she was below grade level. And I'm like, something just doesn't sound right here. So I reached out to my former coach on Voxer, which is a walkie-talkie app. I can't live my life without it. And, and we just talk education. We talk life, just all the things. And so I was like, SOS, I don't know what to do. I never taught kindergarten. I never taught someone how to read. By the time they got to me in second and third grade, they had known how to read. There was certain deficits, but I never had to like start from scratch. So this is new to me, and I don't want to undo what the teacher's been teaching her. But I'm also really concerned that something's up. You know, is is there a learning disability happening here? Like, why is the data wonky? Um, and she's like, no, 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 this is so common. And so she walked me through her letters training manual, which basically talks a lot about the phonics piece. And it explained how the brain learns to read. And there's all these different phases. And so in the front of the brain, that's where you're learning sounds. And in the back of the brain, that's where you can translate it to a letter. And the connection made between those two parts of the brain is how someone learns to become a more proficient reader. And that just takes time and practice, which I'm totally fine with. That's great. Now that I have a little more background knowledge of what's happening in the brain explains why one piece of data is like super high and the other one is really weak and that through different practice and over time that that will correct itself. And so she not only is an amazing coach and helped me better understand the process of reading. So now as an educator, I am stronger and wiser, but then she helped me as a mom and she's like, here's what you can do at home. And she modeled for me. She just kind of used her dot cam to show me how to graph words. And my daughter can read a word if it's a normal word, but the word, for example, like said, it's a heart word. It's a word you need to know by heart. Sight words are another word for that. <laughs> and trying to explain it to her, honey, there are four letters but they really only make three sounds. The A and the I are buddies. They make their own sound. They don't make the A sound or the I sound. They actually make an E sound. <laughs> and she's looking at me like, what are you talking about, lady? And that's where the difficulty is coming is when something is a right letter like that. So through the graphing of these are the letters, these are the sounds they make. Sometimes letters have buddies. Some have a group. Um, like the word eight, I'm like, oh, Lord, how am I going to explain this one? <laughs> through that practice and through time, she was able to understand what's happening with the English language. And through using our note cards with sight words and just the repetition each and every day and being familiar with it and then seeing those same words in books that she's reading every night, it's all starting to click. And it's just like life experience, right? The more you're around something or exposed to something, the easier it is for you to navigate. And I feel like that's what's happening. So now I know the front of her brain, the back of their brain, they're definitely a strong connection. Things are moving and grooving in there and we're off to the races. So she has progressed from, we still do levels. I know don't holler at me, science of reading folks, but she was an A, which is beginning of the alphabet for her reading level. And by the end of the year, they want them at a level D. Well, she is already at a level D. So I'm very thankful for the support of my coach. 
And really, the, my background as an educator, being able to sit there and provide just different ways to support her has really helped. Like, I don't know what parents do when they don't, when they aren't teachers and they've not been in a classroom or they maybe don't have that patience to allow the kids to struggle. And I always talk about productive struggle, how it's so essential. Like, don't jump in and save. Don't tell them the word. Help them sound it out. Remind them that they have the skills. You know, what letter is that? What sound does that letter make? So what do, what would it look like when these two are next to each other? What would that sound like? And just walking them through that process, knowing they have the knowledge in the brain somewhere, we got to pull it out. And that they know that they can rely on themselves and what they've learned to be a successful reader. And that the productive struggle of struggling to read, fumbling to read, reading slowly, and then building up your fluency, it's all part of the process. And everyone as a learner needs to know that you can rely on yourself, that you have confidence that you figured it out before the last time you learned something new and that you could do it again. And you can apply the same principles here of being your own advocate, getting up and trying it one more time, having someone next to you to support and give you feedback. All of that has been really helpful to her and her growth. And so here's why I call this process a roller coaster. First, there was a lot of excitement with her getting into kindergarten, okay? She could not wait to learn to read and become a big girl. I was excited because she was kind of becoming a kid, you know, for so long she was my baby and now she's legit growing as a human and it's just an exciting milestone. And then there's happiness because she's bringing these little book baggies home and we're watching the letters of the books go up in the alphabet. And so there's some pride just watching her enjoy reading and getting better every day and excited to show me which books she picked out and can't wait to read them. And then comes the stress. With the sight word note card practice that we were doing, she kept struggling with the same words. And this is where I started to get nervous that there was like some disability because she was also in her handwriting flipping the direction of letters, which I know is totally normal, but it's like, how many times can I point this out? And like, you're not getting it. it this makes me a little worried. And now with words that you see almost every day, you're still, you can't remember what we just talked about yesterday. So I'm now like, getting really stressed and now I'm moving into freaking out. I got those scores saying she's at one grade level above with decoding and now, you know, she's emerging kindergarten, like entry level kindergarten and reading the whole word. So I'm like, something is wrong here. She cannot remember these words. The data is saying she's not a strong reader. Like all that excitement and happiness and pride has gone out the window. And then I'm confused. We're doing all this practice. She is having growth. I'm seeing it, but the data is still high and low and all over the place. And I just can't figure out there's a missing piece here. So then I get hopeful, you know, reaching out to my coach, who's a former first grade teacher. So she's all able to tell me that the nitty gritty of how it works. And dang, then I get frustrated again because the teacher's not at all alarmed, but this is also not her kid, right? And she's like, it all work it, you know, self out. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to sit, sit back and wait for her to keep failing because if it doesn't, I want to intervene now. So let's just double, triple check that nothing's wrong and that this is for sure just a process and I'll back off. But I just wasn't convinced. Now I'm angry because there have been other issues with this teacher. She's a 20-year veteran. Uh, she's been teacher of the year. And I just think she's over it. That's that's my overall consensus. 
But just the things that I've witnessed happening in that classroom, and thank God for other parents who we can talk and clarify, and like, did this happen? Is just shocking. And I've already intervened with her, because I believe going directly to the source. I also have talked with the principal and looped her in, and some things have been changed and reminded of um, what's lawful and (laughs) expected. So this, my daughter struggling, plus just frustrated with the whole kindergarten experience as a whole. Now now I'm just angry. And then I get fired up, you know, writing that email to the administrator. And then the administrator takes an entire week to get back to me. And so I'm anxious, like waiting. And then I'm discouraged because the administrator is no help. Like she's totally hands off. Like it's the teacher's decision. Like whatever the teacher says goes, like everything's fine in there, you know, like yada, yada. And I have been with many administrative teams and I know you back up your teachers and then you might holler at them in private, but you don't let the parent know that. So I kind of knew that, you know, as things were changing, that clearly she did talk to her about some things, but I was just frustrated that the principal wasn't like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's figure out what's going on. But anyway, then I'm discouraged and definitely starting to feel defeated because I'm battling the teacher and now I've got a struggling child. And I'm like, this is the worst year ever. It's supposed to be so exciting. But then I got really focused. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buckle down and do what I know to do to provide individual targeted support for my kid. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. I really just wanted to be my daughter's mom. And not get involved and let the teachers do their thing. And I could just support and have a great time on the other side of things. And I think I waited too long to intervene. But it is what it is. I was able to really create a good plan for my daughter where she didn't feel like we were drilling and killing. Where she felt excited to read. But where I knew I had control of how the practice was going. Because she was not receiving any small group time or anything. She was literally on a computer. Like, that was her instruction. And so if she didn't understand something, I mean, she just didn't understand it. And it was just wrong. And it would assess it again in the next lesson. And it would still be wrong. And so I'm like, we're going to figure this out together. And we sat through and we talked and we practiced and we talked. And we really understood where the breakdown was happening. And then I got surprised. Uh, That book baggie that was coming home was rapidly moving through the levels and with ease. And she was getting so fired up and excited to become like this amazing reader and like wanting to read longer, bigger books. And uh, then I got annoyed again because the principal believes that the teacher is helping my child thrive because of the growth. And I'm thinking to myself, Do you not know the intervention I've been providing at home? Are you kidding me? I literally called in reinforcements to figure out how to help my child read, to find out where, what exactly was happening and to create tons of resources for her to be successful. So now I'm real annoyed that you're taking credit for what I've been doing, slaving over here as the teacher when I should just be the mother. But anyway, I eventually became thankful. I got to dust off my reading instruction, best practices and skills. And I got to build a strong relationship with my daughter as a learner, uh, not just as a person, which is a kind of cool relationship. And then I just was happy. I know she's going to be successful with my help and the intervention. And I just 
have to really keep tabs on it so I can intervene quickly. And this was a big lesson to me that I can't be hands off, that I can't trust that the system will catch it because her behavior's good and she's not super high and super low. So she kind of goes under the radar and me as her mom is going to be her best advocate. And as soon as things get difficult and hard, we're going to try and figure out why it's difficult and hard and get her the support so she doesn't fall further down the line. I don't want her to struggle longer than necessary. Like I said, I believe in productive struggle. It's part of the process, but I don't want her flailing around and not getting the help. And so that's helpful going into next year. When I meet her teacher, I have a much more clear idea of what I should be asking about how they support kids and how they're able to really know what they're struggling with or what they're good at and let her know of my past experience and that I'm just a little nervous about it. And that clues her in that I might be a little bit more on high alert um, and that hopefully she sees me as an ally, someone who's willing to help, but I'm not going to step on her toes. You know, if she's doing great work or he, that I'm there to support and I prefer to be the mom. Like I don't want to have to intervene. So anyways, I, I'm looking forward to What's to come after this has been a we hurdle because we've all learned in this process. And so now I'm just joyful. I'm just watching her with pride with her own growth and progress. And, you know, so that's why I call it a roller coaster. And this is my example because it had to do with reading and your example might be different. But the point is we all get on an emotional roller coaster dealing with different obstacles, the highs, the lows. I mean, excitement, happiness, pride, being freaked out and stressed, confused, hopeful, frustrated, angry, fired up, anxious, discouraged, defeated, focused, surprised, annoyed, thankful, happy, joyful. It just goes on and on, up and down and around. And it's exhausting. It takes such a mental and emotional toll. And so I share all this because I know you're facing your own battles and obstacles, and they're going to provide a range of emotion. And you can probably identify with my story of a roller coaster, even though our battles are different. So don't question your emotions thinking they're out of whack, because I did. I'm like, how in one day can I feel four different things? Like, am I going crazy? You're human and you have human reactions. And so as long as you don't stay in one section of the roller coaster too long, you're all right. Just keep moving forward. Progress is going to happen. Even with all the loop-de-loops and going backwards and the slingshots and all the things. So here's what I've learned. Got to advocate for you yourself, those who you represent, whether it's your students in your classroom, your kids at home, your teachers if you're a leader. Uh, Do your research. Figure out what needs to happen, what should be happening, because that really clued me in on to um, what was wrong in the classroom and potentially why she wasn't growing and why there were some gaps and why the data was a little wonky. She just really needed some targeted support and wasn't getting it. And had I not researched to find out how to do it and research what a typical reading classroom in kindergarten should look like, then uh, I would have missed a few helpful things. And so help as best you can, whatever your level of uh, skill is. (laughs) I was out of my comfort zone. Like I said, only teaching second, third, and fifth, like they came to me reading, although many of them struggled, I didn't have to start from the very beginning. So that was new for me. I tapped into my resources and made sure I got my former coach in there and talked to other teachers and talked to other parents whose kids were in kindergarten to kind of compare what's been going on and get a better idea of like how far behind we are or like, is this totally normal? And I really got close to the problem. And then I got far from the problem. And I think doing that allowed me to gain clarity 
getting nitty gritty and then backing up and seeing the full picture and doing that over and over again helped me see, okay, uh, we're making progress. We're going in the right direction. We're targeting the right thing. But I think one of the major pieces was taking consistent action. That is where my daughter was struggling, that she would get help and then it would be a long time in between getting help again. And she really needed, you know, intense, targeted, consistent help for a short amount of time, but just needed it over and over and over at a deep level. And then it clicks. And then it's like, okay, off to the races you go. I don't need to work on this with you for a long time, (laughs) you know, but in the moment it was like, man, we really got to figure out what's wrong here. And here's uh, some truth for you. Don't stop until you get the feeling that you know and deserve, which is happiness and joy and pride. And I wasn't going to just accept the fact that she should just struggle and be frustrated and feel defeated and that it was part of the process. Like, again, there's there's a fine line between struggling but making progress and asking for help and needing help and not getting it. Ugh, it still makes me mad. Can you tell? Maybe I'm still on this roller coaster. So here's what I want you to do. Identify your roller coaster. Like, what is the thing that's making you feel all crazy, all the different emotions? Be able to name it. Go to the source. So I went right to the teacher, tried to figure out what was going on. I went right to my daughter, watched her read, made lots of observations, tried to figure out exactly where the pain point was and be able to figure out what to do next. And then advocate for what you need and advocate for what you want. You shouldn't just have to accept it is the way it is and that's the how the teacher does it and um, like, sorry, it's just the curriculum we use or, you know, it's just I ready and it's the computer and it just... Like, no, it's not working in this specific instance. It might work for the next thing, but for right now, we just need to pause and go back to the basics and figure out what's going on. And connect with your PLN for assistance. Like, call in your people. (laughs) Be like, help me. And read and research yourself. But most importantly, I want you to keep going because the ride will end and thank God for that. But another ride is probably coming on the horizon. So the the more we realize the process that we're going through emotionally as we're dealing with obstacles, the more we know what to expect. And it's not as scary and we don't get as frustrated. So we're able to kind of keep the emotions a little bit more in check. So let me just remind you of what I'm wanting you to do. First, identify your roller coaster. Second, go to the source, like run towards the noise. Three, advocate for what you need and want. Four, connect with your PLN. Five, read and research yourself. And six, keep going. Just know you cannot escape hardship, but you can manage and prevent it because you're knowing about what it's like to move through it. And you can recognize the signs and you know yourself and you know how to react. You're open and honest about what you're facing. Don't hide it and don't feel shame about it. Allow others to jump in and help. But most importantly, having the perspective that this too shall pass, you're going to get out swinging. So it's it's a temporary frustration. You cannot ignore it because then it won't go away. You have to jump in to the fight, but it's not going to be forever. And you're going to feel a lot of emotions and that's normal. And as long as you keep moving through the emotions, you're good. If you get stuck in one emotion too long, you got to SOS yourself out of that. But no matter what you're facing, please hang in there. I'm cheering you on to fight like heck and trust the ride is going to be worth it for your own growth and for others, as I know it was totally worth it for my daughter. Great for me, a major lesson and how to parent and show up and support my kid, um, how to 
leverage my own teaching ability and, you know, grow closer to colleagues who I can lean on, who have specialty in areas I don't. It's been a ride. (laughs) And a not very fun roller coaster ride, but I think it's essential and I think I'll never forget it. And as my daughter and other kids grow, I'm going to remember these moments and rely on what I learned here. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on navigating hardships and reaping the rewards. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>